Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. I don't know who needs to hear this, but our president has some problems with speaking. What? <laughs> 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kev's here. Brad Klopfenstein in for Casey today. Did you know that, Brad? Did you know the president has a bit of a problem formulating coherent sentences sometimes? It's funny. He's had that throughout his career. It's just... As he's gotten older and he's on TV more, it's it, you notice it more. I, I saw a, a video of him last night when he was younger in the Senate. Had have been probably thirty years old. It's like, man, this guy was relatively lucid and didn't yeah. look like a plastic doll of himself. Well, it is fascinating because Joe Biden has always been a complete dumbass and is a guy who is a moron. I mean, he's always been that. But there was, and it's not lovable because he's totally corrupt and he's awful and he's ridiculous, but there was almost like if you didn't know what a just a complete piece of garbage he was as a person, there was almost like a Sopranos-esque Uncle Joey-like charm about him where you would say oh that's just wacky joe you know of course oh joe's being a little uh you know eccentric today or whatever that those days are long gone right i mean it is incoherent mumbling it's sentences that don't make sense it's words in places they aren't supposed to be it's stammering it's stuttering you know it's no longer oh stand up chuck i mean it's it's just (laughs) it's just bizarro behavior from this guy who's clearly not in the right frame of mind. Yeah, he's... I wish he would have bowed out gracefully and said, you know what, I'm going to do my four-year stint and I'm going to open this up to other fine Democrats to come in behind me. But he did not choose that. So one of the things that fascinates me, and Brad, I, I will be curious to get your opinion on this, is people in politics their willingness to defend the indefensible, to take something that is so obvious to everyone, any remotely intellectually honest broker, and go, no, 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 that's really fine, and that's really okay. And we don't do it in business, we don't do it in commerce, we don't do it in sports, but we do it for some reason in politics, and I don't know why, do you know why? I don't, because I, I know a ton of people who voted for Diego Morales, and they admit to voting for Diego Morales. Yes. And they're like, he's just fine. I'm like, no, no, he's not. He is not just fine. I, and I can't believe you ever thought that he was just fine. And they're like, oh, well, you know, other people look out for him. It's like, no, I don't want my leaders to have other people, unelected people, looking out for them, pulling the strings on it. So I mentioned this because yesterday, John Kirby, he is a spokesperson for Biden. We play him on this show quite a bit. He was on Fox News, and this was two days ago, I think. Biden met with the president of Israel and had another incoherent moment where he is bumbling. We played the clip on the air. He's you know he's stammering. He's forming words that you don't you have to play it three times to try to figure out maybe what he's saying. It's clearly a guy whose mental faculties are not all there. 
and it's a very alarming that it's coming from the president of the United States. And so we're going to play you this little back and forth John Kirby had on the Fox News with one of the anchors. They play the audio and then listen to his response about that audio. Okay, quick question about Israel, because the president met with the president of Israel yesterday in the Oval Office. This, this moment got of a bit of attention, um, and it's not the only one that is kind of like this that we sometimes see, and I just want to play it for you. Sure. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and the, uh, and Akwa uh, and the uh, and, and uh, as I uh, affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. John, this got a lot of attention. It got picked up in a lot of places. Why is it so hard to understand what, what the president is trying to say there? Oh, I think he was very, very clear, Martha. Uh, <laughs> it's just like it doesn't. The, the guy is just lost his marbles and he can't form sentences. And yet, now I get that his job is Kirby's job is to prop up Biden, but just to look America in the eye and go, no, that was that was very clear. Well, he uses a as a crutch. You know it, how it is when you're on the air. You, if you're trying to get your thoughts together, you can either have the pregnant pause, which much is bad, like that, bad for radio, <laughs> where no one can see you. Yes, or or you 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 bridge it with an of uh, uh, he's just doing a lot of bridging, getting his thoughts together. Um, speaking of stupid crap, Biden says that no one can understand. Here was the president yesterday. They didn't build the middle class. They didn't build America. The middle class was built by the middle class. And the unions built the middle class. So he was speaking to a group of unions. And I just want to, maybe people are having trouble keeping up with that uh, wordsmith there. Maybe, Kev, could we play that again just uh, before we dissect it? They didn't build the middle class. They didn't build America. The middle class was built by the middle class. And the unions built the middle class. The middle class built the middle class, and the unions built the middle class. Oh. That's all all I have to say to that, Rob. I talked to my wife about this, and sometimes when people just tell you something so nonsensical, you cannot dignify it with a response, and you just have to say, oh, and then when they repeat it, you say, I said, oh. But you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing that with your great-grandparents. You shouldn't be doing that with the President of the United States. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, that we're doing... Think we're, about it. He might be in office for another five years, yes, Rob. There is I, a, I want you to get your mind around that and be prepared. There's going to be more of these sound bites coming. Yes, indeed. If Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for president, there is a strong chance Joe Biden will be the president for five more years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one more, third time's a charm, from the same speech... Here's another Biden being Biden. How many times you read in the play that a recession's coming? They've been Wall Street today said no, they don't see a recession coming now. <laughs> Kev, can we just give it another shot, Brad? Can we cue that up one more time, please? How many times you read in the play that a recession's coming? They've been Wall Street today said no, they don't see a recession coming now. Excuse me. Rob, I got nothing on this, man. Oh, I, man. I, 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 that was pig Latin, wasn't I just, it? I wish we had that clip queued up of the always, it's always sunny with Charlie's mom going, money me, give me money, me money now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same stuff, except he's not a made up wacky character on a television show. He's the president of the United States. Um <laughs> 
can't. I absolutely can't. All right, um, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, obviously, Donald Trump in the crosshairs over his behavior, alleged behavior, whatever you want to call it, on 9, no, 9-11, I'm sorry, terribly sorry, on January 6th. And when we come back, we're going to talk to somebody who was there on January 6th. Evangelist Stan Lovins joins us, talk about what he saw, what actually took place. It's a conversation coming up next. Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The left's obsession with January 6th may never end. Now they want to put Trump in jail for it. But what really happened that day and how much was the government actually involved? 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Let's bring in our good friend, evangelist Stan Lovins. All right, Stan, you were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. You've been on the show before talking about that. You've talked about how you said you know the FBI was there. You know federal agents were on the ground on January 6th. So I'm curious, when you see the FBI director go in front of Congress and refuse to answer if the FBI was there, if they were on the ground, how many agents there were, what kind of goes through your mind? Well, it's another Hollywood production from the globalist elites. Uh, you know, they're they're painting a picture that they want uh, the people to believe, and uh, the deception is is all in it. You know, it, there's there's an antichrist spirit. There's a there's a manipulation that's happening. Um, you know, the government that we see is not really ran by the ones that voted uh, for the ones that we really wanted to be there. Yeah, and so it's been a hijacked government for a good while. Now we talk about you know, obviously you have a, a you have a great gift. You're an evangelist. You travel the world preaching to people, you know, talking to people, healing people. And I want to get into that in just a second. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you have an ability kind of to see wickedness. And I've known you for a long time, 20 years or more. And, and we've talked about that. When you see the government weaponizing itself against people, whether it's January 6th or we see it at school board meetings or you know, just all sorts of instances where the government really hates citizens, are you able to spot that wickedness? Do you see that coming off those people? Well, it's pretty evident. You know, you know, there's people that speak out of both sides of their mouth. They'll tell you what your itching ears want to hear, but then they'll do something totally behind the scenes. And that, you know, that really goes back biblically into Genesis, where it says, you know, there's a tree of life. That's Jesus Christ and the truth. And then there's another uh, tree of knowledge, good and evil. It appears to be good, but the roots are evil. And what we're seeing a lot of right now is a manipulation uh, that's unfolding right before our very eyes. And they're, they're very bold about it. There's, they're very pushy, and they're not even hiding it. For many, many decades, they were hiding it and just working it into the, yeah. the moral fiber of America and every stream of society. And so right now, they're just blatantly just exposing everything. And um, what we need to see is more, not not exposure, because exposure's already been exposed. We need to see true justice. Yeah. 
Well, that, and I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated. Like they had the Hunter Biden hearings the other day on, on the Capitol, the FBI director up there. People know what's going on, and yet the Republicans seem to be great at getting the information. They don't seem to be great at doing anything with the information. Because like you said, there's rarely any punishment for the people who do the stuff. Well, the Constitution was set into place, and there is such a thing called treason, true treason, not just blaming somebody and, and fictitiously <laughs> plotting something with the right. Russian collusion and whatnot just to paint a picture so that we can just title somebody a treasonous person. But the reality is where people are getting literally being murdered, being taken out, um, children are being sex, uh, sex trafficking. Um, the, the topics that a lot of people, even in churches, don't even want to talk about, the reality is this. We have a genocide that's going on. We're at war. It's a massive war. It just looks different from every war that we've ever been a part of. You may not see the tanks yet. You may not see the, the jets flying over, but there's hot air air balloons floating over yeah and there's a lot of things happening where they're they're literally trying to destroy america and they, they have they've really done um a job of destroying from the the moral fibers of america from from the local levers the 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 farming communities the rural and the urban and they're manipulating the mind of people and it's mastermind manipulation and the cia's involved and fbi and all the other three-letter agencies yeah stan lovins our guest evangelist we're talking a little bit uh, i do want to get into the, the the where the church is in america right now because you go all over the country you talk to all sorts of people but before that you know when you were there on january 6th and again i want to be very clear you were not storming the capitol you were not arrested you were not you know in a in a line of people you know causing disturbances but you were there you saw things um is there any doubt in your mind because again i keep coming back to the fbi director refusing to admit whether fbi agents were on the ground how many is there any doubt in your mind that a big part of January 6th was egged on by this government. Now, ultimately, people are responsible for their own actions, but that the government was involved in some capacity? No, there's no doubt in my heart. I mean, there was government agents there. There was, you know, it was very evident. And uh, Lord had spoken to me earlier in that morning, about 8.30, we went to pray over the Capitol and uh, the U.S. Capitol. And, and as I went to pray, God spoke one word, and he said, breach. And it was on the backside of the Capitol buildings. And we weren't uh, beyond the barriers, just to clarify for anybody that's wanting to be a naysayer yeah, right you're, now. You're, you're, not a, you're not on the run from the law. Yeah, you're I'm not, not on the run from the law, and, and, and I'm not afraid of all the, the, the wickedness and the pushback that we may get from this. But the reality is this. Um, God spoke breach, that one word, and I did a live stream back uh, on Facebook to prove it. Um, but the reality, I knew that it was a setup. And it was a sting operation. And it was to undermine those who really want to see freedom in this nation. Um, those who would, are labeled now, uh, you know, as the bad guys and their patriots or the, the people that are uh, conservative or the people that really want to see liberty in this nation and not a tyrannical government that's going to dictate to it. It's never been explained to me. And I, like I said, you were on the ground. You didn't go in. But there's people, there's video of people being like, let into the Capitol by security. Look, the people who broke windows or barricades or whatever, okay, deal with those people. But how does somebody get, and we're talking like long prison sentences for some people who are like, the, their security officers going right this way. How do you arrest somebody if the people who are in charge are going, please come on in? Yeah, the, the people were coaxed uh, in. They were encouraged to come in. You know, there's videos that are proven where the, the barricades were opened by the, the police that were there, or so-called police. Or they, they may have been actors. Who knows? But, you know, I spoke to uh, a gentleman with the Capitol Police literally that morning. 
and he was very kind. He was very genuine, and I, you know, I, uh, I prayed with him. As a matter of fact, I dropped um, uh, one of my gloves, and he was the one that noticed it and said, "Sir, you dropped your gloves." So he was very cordial. I don't believe he knew anything about this. It was beyond that. It was from a federal level that really took and injected. And after the breach had happened, and uh, the you know there was you know thousands of people on the steps and whatnot, and I was far enough back. I, I was. Back by the uh, what the pond of reflection or whatever it is, and so, but there was a, other law enforcement that were there. And they verbally, audibly told me because uh, I said, you know, this is a big setup. This this is a you know Antifa working with the government, and and they said absolutely. And they told you that the gentleman told me that, and he's a law enforcement, and they were told to stand down. And, and so they were just sitting there, just hanging out at the park right there, just south of the Capitol building, or just, you know, on the, on the back side. And they told you they were told to stand down. They were told to stand down. Yeah. And so I ended up praying with the gentleman. He was a great, great guy, and uh, praise Jesus for that. Uh, Stan Lovins, our guest evangelist. I do want to, the few minutes we have left here, I want to talk to you about the condition of the church in, 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 in this nation, because it seems like more and more people are heading back to the church and finding God as they look at what's happening at this country, as they find that the answers are not in government, that the answers are not in man. And yet it seems like there is more and more animosity for those who defy God, who defy the church. It seems like there's just a real conflict right now in this country. Well, it's it's light versus darkness. You know, the light of Jesus Christ. You know, many people are seeking after and are hungering for truth. They really want to seek after and hunger for uh, truth and righteousness. And the Bible says, for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So my prayer is that the, the church... I say the church. The church is the body of Christ. Those who have received Jesus as the Lord and Savior, that's the true church, not what is perceived as a church. And I'm being very straightforward on that. I see a lot of religiosity. I see a lot of the system that's been a big part of the, you know, sweeping things under the rug and not speaking from the platform. And, and we're seeing sex trafficking going on. That's that's at an all-time high. We're, we're seeing literally enslavement happening with people, uh, everyday people uh, from every walk of life. It doesn't matter if they're in the ghetto or they're in a high rise and you know Robbie as you know it, from the White House to the outhouse it all needs flush we need a cleansing deep within our heart and soul to bring the life of Jesus Christ and the true love that that abounds and the grace the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to abound in people's lives many people are hurting they're broken they've they've uh, whether they've got the shot or they've got COVID or this or that that there's been sickness there's been disease and the answer is the healer, Jesus Christ. He is our healer. I've seen tens of thousands of people, and I've seen people, 27 people, get up out of comas to know that God is our healer. Um, and so with that, people are really seeking after a real, transparent, authentic message that leads them to the hope. And there's only one hope that I know of, and that's Jesus. So you are living the life now. Uh, before we go, you're like, you're crisscrossing the country now in an RV. Yes. Like you are the Stan Lovins evangelist evangelist express now what a life right <laughs> it's a life yeah out, our, out there on the road we see a lot on the road and we have a lot of divine appointments what i call divine appointments i mean these are god set up moments whether it be at uh, the restaurant or at the uh, walmart's or yeah. uh, you know any any entity we're seeing god heal people free people and in, and that's in between the revivals that we're seeing yeah if people want to learn more about you what you do uh 
how can they do that? They can go to Stan Lovins, S-T-A-N-L-O-V-I-N-S dot com. Stanlovins dot com. That's our website. Um, you can also go to revivalsforjesus.com because the heart of it is seeing transformation in every community. Man, the you're Lord the best, God. Stan. We love you. Thank you, my friend. Love you, brother. God bless you. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. has still not qualified for the debates. That's <laughs> almost unbelievable to say out loud. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Kev's Hello, here. Rob. Kevin, what were we just hearing? Yeah, what uh, was that? That was Alton Goon. That's who you're going to see tonight at the Vogue. That is. If you're going to the Vogue tonight to the Alton Goon Turkish psychedelic band concert, you will be able to see Kevin in the crowd. Be sure to buy him several shots. He will be the guy. And uh, you're driving your van down there? Yeah, I'm going to drive my van. I might end up sleeping in it later Ke- on in the so night. So for those who don't know, Kev rolls around central Indiana in a like a large mom style van, Yeah, right? it's a Toyota Sienna. Yeah. And oh, I saw, styling. I saw yeah. Kev pulling in the parking lot, the parking garage, the other day. We got here at the same time, and I'm thinking, who is this clown in this oversized van? <laughs> and it's it's Kev, who Kev has no kids, uh, and yet you yeah. have a large van that you roll around central Indiana in. Yeah, I don't have kids, but I do have a drum set. Yeah, is and that I do why? have a band. Is that why it's easier oh, yeah. to maneuver your... Yeah, so I can fit my drums in there, and I can fit our bass player's equipment and our guitar player's equipment. Yeah, that makes sense. And see, that would actually really come in handy tonight. Like, let's say you have an enjoyable time at the Alton Goon concert, and then let's say you want to venture, risk life and limb, and venture down the street there from the Vogue to, say, Kilroy's or Brothers. Right. Um, and then you want to saunter on back to your van, you could probably securely sleep in the back of a van and not have much worry. Yeah, I've done it before. I mean, I keep a sleeping bag and a pillow in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's very comfortable. I'm hoping that you have like flowers or something on this, or it's got an interesting paint scheme, and it's a two-seater. I hope that you only have the two front seats well, and everything else is pulled out. It does have racing stripes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I took a couple seats out. Okay. So it's nice and spacey. So this is the the conundrum that Kev is in right now because so it used to be, I have no idea if this is still the case, but the large parking garage that they built in Broad Ripple solved a lot of problems for me, Brad, because it used to be it's right above the Hopcat. If you stayed for a certain amount of time, the price to park became the same between like six hours and twelve hours. So this was a giant problem solver for me when that parking garage was built compared to when you had to street park. Because let's face it, it would probably be somewhat dangerous to sleep in the back of your car, like say at Broad Ripple High School. It right. Probably pretty dangerous maneuver. However, if you're in these like on the third floor of the secured parking garage, that is much less risk of life and limb. So if you say you rolled in at seven because the concert's at nine, that gives you, and they used to have the same price to park between like six and 12 hours. So you would then have a grace period between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. the next morning by which you could park at the same price, which means you could, without risking any sort of thing to yourself in terms of operating a motor vehicle, which you would absolutely not do under the influence of any sort of substance. You could, after the Alton Goon concert, I don't know, are they like, 
are they like Springsteen where they play for three and a half hours? Or are no, they... I bet it'll be an hour and a half. So see, boom. I mean, you are you have the world to yourself at ten thirty. Is there an sure. opening act? I think there is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's always the an opening act. We'll probably play for a half hour. <laughs> They're actually. It's going to be a uh, Saudi Arabian folk band oh oh <laughs> no you're kidding nah, i'm just joking. yeah no I said, there's no way uh but so let's say it's over at 10 30 then usually with the vogue they then operate they use at least used to they open up to the usual clientele yeah that would that would venture into the vogue right the post-show yeah groupies. we used to dub them the, the you out with me you out till three crowd so you've got <laughs> you can either stay at the vogue with their usual party clientele, maybe they bring the cage dancers back. Now, I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't know from an insurance perspective if they can still have them. Or, and this is Kev's conundrum, do you stay put and see what ventures in? Or do you head out on your own? Because you will be on foot by yourself unless you meet someone at the concert. You could head down to some of the more, shall we say, scenic bars that offer a little different... uh, viewpoint uh, yeah. for a single man such as yourself, like a Kilroy's or a Brothers or a whatever. Rock Lobster, Mayan Chef. Yeah, but the- look, I've been out in Broad Ripple. It's it's not really my scene. Yeah. What's wrong? You don't you don't like looking uh, at girls or what? No, like what? I mean, there's plenty of places to do that. Well, I'd rather go to, I don't know, Mass Ave. Well, maybe. here's the thing, though. You're in Broad Ripple yeah. already, though. If you were, I would agree if you're not already going to Broad Ripple, but you're already there. The pr- the price is baked in. Like, you have paid for the ticket. You have paid to park. Yeah. The, the, the van is there. You're I mean, rolling yeah, out in the van. True. You might as well make the most of the opportunity while you're there. And this opportunity, in a responsible manner offers you the ability for 12 hours to act like a complete psychopath, and it doesn't matter as long as you behave responsibly. You swim in the canal? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. Maybe I'll just stay at the Vogue and you know hang around for this after party. Well, that's what I'm yeah, I think you, you should. Yeah. I, I just want to convey to you, Kevin, make good choices. Yeah, that's what, and I, I'm not worried about that with Kevin at all. I'm not worried about Kevin being a lunatic. Uh, I, and I don't know if they still do that. That's just the way they used to do it. If there was a, a, a concert of some sort and it was an early act, which a 9 p.m. concert would be an early act, and yeah. they're, they're only playing for, say, an hour and a half. They're not shutting the Vogue down. They have to have something to do with that time. That's they already... sometimes do. Like when the concert's over. They... On a Friday? They, they'll I probably stay them. open until they're 1 o'clock that they've, everybody has agreed to. But... No way. Yeah. There's... Oh, that's right. It closes at 1 now because yeah. of Hogsett. Yeah. Not, no, not Hogsett. All the bars got together. This was yeah, voluntary the amongst bull, the bars. Brad, they were pressured into doing that. There's no way they came together and said, we'd like to cost ourselves a bunch of revenue this sounds like a wonderful idea our prime drinking hours where people are buying things they don't even remember sure let's shut it down no way those guys did that on their own no way you're too smart for that you can't even (laughs) say that with a straight face regardless yeah it shuts down at one now so you don't even have the luxury of you out with me you out till three right yeah, so if yeah. they go on at 9, they'll probably go on at 9.30. My guess is they'll play till 11 to 11.30. Yeah, I'm sure there 11. will be several encores. Yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> I'll be Because people yelling. want to hear their hits. <laughs> Lion eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I will yell until they play several encores. Yeah, do you know their music? Do you, like, can you say, hey, play? Like, if you went to, 
the the foreigner concert is tonight at Ruoff. If you went to the foreigner concert, you could say, "Hey, play! I want to know what love is. I haven't heard my favorite song, Hot Blooded." Could you do that at the Alton Goon concert? Well, the thing is, their song titles are kind of difficult to pronounce. Oh, sure, they're, they're, they're know, Dutch and Turkish. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I am I am a well traveled individual, but I I don't yeah. speak Turkish. Well, Kev, uh, on behalf of all of us who can't venture out to Broad Ripple tonight, you live it up, my friend. You make the most of that opportunity you have yourself an evening oh, i'll take a sip of alps breath just to that <laughs> outstanding <laughs> hey it is the kendall and casey show i'm rob kevin's here uh, brad kloppenstein in for casey today so mike pence has still not made the debate stage no no he hasn't i, <laughs> I i'm not sure that he will now i gotta confess uh i'm one of the forty thousand doug burgum donors <laughs> are you for real I, for real i got my 20 dollar gift card yesterday <laughs> So, okay, uh, okay. so I've got to ask, screw this Mike Pence thing. I've got to ask, so Doug Burgum is the governor of North Dakota. Correct. He uh, somehow magically has begun to improve in the polls. Like, he's actually showing up in polls now. He's actually a moderate. He's not a bad dude, So, but he's he's a Jefferson Shreve. He's generally a self-funder. And he was well short of the 40,000. You have to get 40,000 individual donors to qualify for the Republican debates. He was well short of that. So he came up with this thing where he said, look, I have basically infinite money because I am independently wealthy. I will give you, if you donate to my $1 to my campaign, which counts for the donations, Correct. I will give you a $20 gift card. You have done that. I have done that. What, where is the gift card to? It's No, it's just a Visa gift card. Oh, so it, I mean, better. it's effectively cash. Yeah. yeah. Now, I wonder, so... Usually when you buy a Visa gift card, you've got to pay an activation fee on that thing. So I, I wonder I, if he had to pay an activation fee or if he got some sweetheart deal with Visa. Well, or, I'm sure it's, he's buying them in lots of 40000 Yeah, he probably got a pretty good deal on it. Where are we at on this? Because you've participated, so I guess I'm going to figure out where you are. It's either the most evil, corrupt thing ever, or it's the most brilliant thing ever. I say it's the most brilliant thing I kind of want to come down on that because it's inside the confines of the rules. It's not illegal. It's not unethical. It's like right. you look at it and go, it seems sketchy, but it's legal under the government rules of campaign financing, and it's legal under the Republican rules of qualification. So how are you going to be mad at somebody, some guy for playing inside the no, rules? And, although it's been interesting. Now that I've made this donation, I'm obviously on a list, and now I keep getting all these ads for some other dude who's doing something similar where he's really? like, give me a dollar and I'll send you a T-shirt. Oh, that's not good enough. No, it's not. It's Was not it? the $20. I did it just because I it was unique and I'm like I wanted to see what would come through I actually gave him five dollars whoa so you went above and beyond I did go did above you get and four beyond. gift cards five gift no, cards no I just got the one um was it via mail or email oh, so it's email. an electronic, electronic although it gave you the option do you want this electronically or they'll send you one in the mail yeah so they did ask that question and he followed through on it yeah in a somewhat timely fashion yeah which when I made the donation it said you know obviously we're doing a lot of these please give us a few weeks to get all these back out but i got it in like two weeks so he's probably going to get in now this I thing think so. if, i mean if you're giving to him i would think so yeah. heck we're talking about him now we we'd never heard of him two weeks ago yeah that's true somebody who is not in though is mike pence let's come back to that mike pence has not yet qualified for the presidential debates and i can't think of anything that would make me happier than if he failed to get forty thousand donors i think he's gonna struggle I, I, I just think he's disconnected enough from the average person. Um, he's tied to Trump, but yet yeah. it, yet he won't distance himself from Trump, even though he kind of has. Um, and I, I just think that the, the constituency that he had 20 years ago has kind of evaporated. Yeah, if you were, if you have, so yeah, if you have not given to Mike Pence yet, why would you give now? 
I mean, there's no, he's not a sympathetic figure like you are like, hey, this Doug Burgum guy, he's kind of independent and he's wild and wacky and I'd want the $20 gift card. And so for all these reasons, you said, here's $5. There's nothing about Mike Pence where you would look at, at this point, having already been running for well over a month, where you would say, boy, you know, I woke up today and I'm just super inspired by Mike Pence. Gosh darn it, I'm going to give that guy a dollar. Right. If Mike Pence was smart, he would have come back to this seat that he had right here in the studio and, yeah, said, sorry, Rob, I'm going to move you to the side. I need to be back on the air because that's what I do best. Now, they would never do that because my ratings are much better than Mike Pence's ratings ever were. And uh, so they would not do that. Um, So that's where he's at. Right now, he is not there. And let's hope he continues to not be there because that would be utterly hilarious. Do we know how close he is? It doesn't say. I don't think they have to reveal that yet. I'm wondering, and maybe somebody, not that anybody inside the establishment wing of the Republican Party would do me any solids, but do you just turn in the 40000 Is it like your signatures when you run for public office? And is it like Todd Young where you can get 39,997 donors and then they just say, well, we like you, so you can go ahead and get on even though you didn't get 40,000. It's FEC reporting, so and it's all electronic, so my guess is it's fairly easy for them to say, 39,000, you didn't make it, 40,001, you did. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I've never run a federal campaign. Speaking of polling, there is a new poll out, and this is also unbelievable, that Vivek Ramaswamy has now tied Ron DeSantis for second place in the Republican primary. That's crazy. I I can't believe this, and yet I want to believe it and think it probably is true at the same time. So Kaplan Strategies, as people who did the poll, it was done uh, July 17th and 18th, 800 people, web and text messaging found DeSantis and Ramaswamy now both at 12 each Trump's at 48 so the Trump at 48 kind of seems in line with where he's been through most things so I guess it gives some validity to this it's not like Trump is at 93 percent um and I think more of it it's at two things one there's always some wild and wacky guy who briefly captures the public's imagination correct and then they find some old tweet or Facebook post or whatever or the guy in, Herman Cain was the best example for me remember he was the Godfather's pizza guy oh, yeah. 999 was his pl- tax plan that was all he had and then it came out well this guy had allegedly you know maybe been a little fast and handsy with women over the years or whatever in his campaign imploded. Uh, the Who's the guy? Andrew Yang was kind of the Democrat version of this a couple of years ago where there's no logical rhyme or reason for the, that guy to be ascending, but he's got he's lovable and kind of wacky. And then people start going, really, I'm going to vote for him. Right. Long ago, Fred Thompson yes. went through that. I mean, there's been Perry, some, yes. yes. There's always some guy. Now, what I think it's a bigger indictment of is the fact that DeSantis, not only has he not moved forward, in many polls he's moving backwards. Yeah. I mean, There's he, no rhyme or reason for he's that. Not even, he's not even the alternate choice. He's now fourth, fifth. I mean, he's back there, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. Yeah. Um, which I think Nikki Haley and Tim Scott would both be better choices. But 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 DeSantis was, especially on this show two years ago, yeah. he was the show darling. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, real quick before we go, we're going to come back. Susan Beckwith is going to join us for the Mind Your Manners segment. We're doing cell phone etiquette this week. I'm guilty of all of these things we're going to talk about, um, but uh, we'll talk about that. Real quick, though, I did want to say we have a very fabulous listener, longtime friend of the radio station. Uh, his name is Ryan Schleeman. You know him as Farmer Ryan. We've talked about him many times. He's uh, Freedom Foods Indiana is his company. He's a family farmer in Wolcott. They 
sponsor our Statehouse Happenings show. Walk um, Indiana up in Wake County? Uh, yes, yes. My, great, my great, parents are from there. Great guy. Awesome. Um, he's been on our station many times. We talked to him about farming. He's just a really, really good dude. Um, and his son, who is a gigantic fan of the radio station, Samuel, has been, and I talked to Ryan, he gave me permission to, to mention this on the air, has been uh, diagnosed with a very rare uh, type of blood disease. And um, it is like one in two million people have it. Uh, And so I wanted to mention that, that if everybody could please keep them in their thoughts and your prayers. Samuel is his name. He's just a great kid. He loves the radio station. Um, And just say a prayer for them. They would really appreciate it because they're just awesome people. Brad, thanks for filling in. As always, we appreciate you, buddy. You're the best. Stick around. Susan Beckwith joins us next. Mind Your Manners. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. It is time to mind your manners. And if you're new to the program, what that means is each week we wrap up the week, sending you into the weekend with, well, information that you'll need to be a better member of society. And to do that, we reach out to our own former Miss Indiana, Susan Beckwith. Susan, how are you? Good. Doing very well. Happy Friday. Uh, Okay. So this week you were emphatic that we must do cell phone etiquette because there are people egregiously misbehaving left and right with their cellular telephones. The floor is yours. Where shall we begin? (laughs) Yes, actually, this one was requested. So when I shared we were going to be doing Mind Your Manners, this is one that, you know, people ask that we touch on. So a lot of these are going to be obvious and common sense, but I see them all the time. In fact, I'm guilty of a few of these myself, so I am a firm believer that if we know better, we'll do better and keep having that dialogue that, you know, that it is in fact rude. So let's kind of go through some of these that I constantly see that, you know, should be improved. Yes, let's do it. Put your phone away at dinner. <laughs> okay. Don't leave it out. Okay, so this is this is a big one, right? And I'm totally guilty of this. And I blame the fact that everybody doesn't gather around the dinner table anymore like they used to for the most part, that people kind of eat when they eat, or people eat from TV trays, or somebody sitting in the living room, somebody sitting at the dinner table. I blame the lack of the family around the dinner table at the same time each night. I could totally see that. I think the other one for me is we we got rid of having a home phone. So, you know, we have our cell phones. So you kind of think, okay, if there's an emergency, if something's going to happen, it's not going to ring throughout the house. So you kind of just keep it with you. So I, I blame that. But I see this also when we're out to dinner and, you know, couples even on dates. And so they're not even talking to one another. They're on their phones. So, uh, yes, put away the cell phone. I know that it's, you can form some really bad habits really quickly. So, 
That is one. Uh, talking on your phone in a waiting area. You know, so that is something where you need to excuse yourself, you know, because a lot of times if you're sitting in a waiting area, depending on what type of waiting area it is, they may be going through something. And so they don't want to hear about your drama. Oh, yeah, yeah. so you're saying like like if I'm at the doctor's office or the dentist office and I'm waiting to be seen and my cellular telephone rings, I should not answer the phone in the waiting area. Yes, and having full conversations. I see people with their earbuds in, and they're just, I mean, it is full on. And you can hear their whole life story. uh, Oh, oh, yeah, I'm totally guilty of this. I've totally done this. I've done both of the things so far. I am just checking boxes as a horrific human being so far. Well, it's hard. You know, we are so accustomed to having our phones phones with us 24-7. This is one that I'm guilty of, and I I feel terrible because it is so very rude. But, like, if I'm on a call and it's like I can't get a word in edgewise and I pull up to get my mobile or get my coffee order and I go through the drive-thru, talking on your phone while going through a drive-thru, you know? So that's so rude because, you know, the person trying to help you is trying to interact and hear you're on the phone. Yes, okay, so you're saying, like, if I – let's say I go to McDonald's or in this case, you know, we're fan favorites of Wendy's here on this show. Let's say I'm at the Wendy's drive through <laughs> and I'm going through, I have actually got to tell the person I'm on the phone with, Hey Palski, you got to hang on a few moments because this person's trying to help me with my order. I'm the bad guy. If I'm on the phone in the Wendy's drive through. Yes. That's, that's rude. And so uh, I, I've and done I, all of these. I've literally done all these. I am just the, I am just doing this for me this week because I am the worst person in the entire world. Susan Beckwith. Well, I, I agree. I am guilty of some of these myself. You know, I kind of think of myself as like the perfectly imperfect etiquette coach because I feel like I'm also a work in progress, but I want to do better. And I think it's important as a society that we are striving for that. And also, you know, I mentioned earlier that these are really obvious and common sense, but I was reading two different articles this week about some of the Fortune 500 companies that are what they're they're seeing is. They're calling them pandemic-era graduates and how they are really lacking some of this common sense, the soft skills. So they're now offering classes, just a a part of employment on some of these basic things on professional dress and cell phone etiquette. And, you know, so I think it's important. So if this is something you don't feel like is relevant for you but could be for your child or grandchild, uh, you could send them this segment and say, hey, this is a great review. Uh, Real quick. Susan Beckwith is our guest. We're talking about cell phone etiquette here today on our Mind Your Manners segment. You touched on something, though. I just real quick want to want to go back to what you just said. I maintain that there is going to be, over the next 20 years, a huge gap in what were previously societal norms because there will be an entire generation who spent essentially two years of their life cut off from society. Am I wrong with that? Absolutely. The Wall Street Journal just had an article about this, and the, I think the title of it was like, new grads have no idea how to behave in the office. So I think, you know, just in office and kind of regular society, we're going to see a breakdown. But I think it's important that we, that's how we have civility is, you know, having these, the, it's more than just do's and don'ts. It's kind of at the heart of everything is respect. Uh, okay, what Susan Beck with our guests, Mind Your Manners, the segment. We're doing cell phone etiquette this week. I have violated all of the things Susan has said don't do so far. What else can you make me feel bad about? Well, again, kind of like the same thing as the waiting area is being on public transportation. Now, that's what, that one isn't as relevant for us here in Indiana, but just a good reminder, you know, if you're, you're traveling, you know, be really conscious of that as well. 
Okay. Uh, anything else before we talk about this very fabulous Bell of the Midwest website? Is there one other thing that you say, Robert Kendall, do not do this this weekend with your cell phone? Well, I will say we're going to get into some of the other uh, telephone etiquette next week. We're going to move more into a professional uh, setting. So we'll leave it there. But I I am excited to tell you that the Mind Your Manners segments that I referenced earlier, if you want to send this to someone, are going to now be on my website. So I'm excited about that. Right. Tell us all about it. It's Bell of the Midwest. You make people better. You make people more refined. You take what we – it's like, um, you know, this is like the, uh, the audio version of your one-on-one classes that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So today, actually, you can hop on. You can read a great one about uh, lipstick etiquette and kind of how even lip, kind of history of lipstick in uh, World War II era, but also just some some good reminders there. We just did one on some interview etiquette. There's uh, all kinds of topics that are covered, so you can check out my blog for some references there. But as I mentioned, this coming week, we'll be adding all of the Mind Your Manners segments. So if you missed one and you want to just hear that portion of the program, you can check out my website and it's a great place to also get in touch with me so if you have an etiquette question uh, be sure to send it my way bell of the midwest b-e-l-l-e of the midwest.com susan beckwith you are the best have a great weekend thank you you too that is going to do it for us today. That is going to do it for us this week. Thanks to Brad Kloppenstein-Stein for filling in with us today. Kev, great job as always. Thanks to each and every one of you who listen. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC.